When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Heart and Hand, the Rangers podcast, the podcast that knew that no matter how many times he tries to do it, Ricky Foster will never have a better career than his wife. This week on Heart and Hand, three points, a bit miserable, but hey, a win's a win. Welcome to Heart and Hand, the Rangers podcast. My name is Cammy Bell. I am your host for this week. And joining me to discuss a, probably a slobber knocker, to use a wrestling term up at Dingwall, is uh, the wonderfully talented Mr James Forrest. Cammy, nice to speak to you. Hope you're well. Very well, my friend. Very well. Uh, and to keep anger and sieve levels at maximum, uh, the angry man himself, Mr Ian Hogg. I've never had a slobber knocker in my life. Well, not that you'll be willing to admit to the wife, at least. Well, boys, we are here to talk about uh, yesterday's 1-0 win over Ross County. Um, Rangers going into the game. Um, it's fair to say, Ian, on probably a fairly dismal run of form and uh, three points was needed as it was against Hamilton uh, and as it also was against Harps. Yeah, um, run of form has been atrocious, let's face it. Lost to Hamilton, lost to Hearts, didn't score a goal against um, neither of the bottom teams in the league in those two games. Um, Outplayed Braga away from home, dropped points to St. Johnson, played for half an hour against Braga and so on and so on. We've dropped so many points in uh, 2020, it's been a, a bloody odd year. And we've now got the players themselves basically admitting either, you know, be it post-Braga, perhaps unwittingly by Ryan Kent. And then, bizarrely, in print in his captain's notes that uh, the team like being the underdog and they feel the pressure when the pressure's on in the league. Kind of odd stuff to say and and to face up to. Uh, But it's there for all to see, Cammy. And... Yesterday against Ross County was, it was really no different. And I'll say this now, right, on the heart and hand on the Patreon network, I hosted the post-match pod. Um, I was scathing, I think is probably uh, underplaying it, but I was really scathing of the performance on what was a kind of ploughed field up in the Highlands. Um, I watched the game back first thing this morning. At half past five, would you believe? There's no rest for the wicked. Um, and I think I was a little bit scathing myself now, actually, Cammy. Performance wasn't good. The performance was tentative. It lacked confidence, etc. But the players did continually look for the ball, want the ball. Even the lesser spotted Alfredo Morelos, who I thought had an absolute shocker, had a hand in setting up the goal. So... I must admit that's what the post-match pod's all about, Cammy. You know, you look at it and you look at it immediately. It's usually a, a mixture of seethe and or joy, 
Um, but cold light a day, three points is three points, and I hope to God that gives him a little bit of confidence. James, um, there was a bit of a, a kind of shuffle around as was expected uh, because uh, Tav was unfit, so Matt Polster uh, came in to, um, to came in to replace him. I think that was pretty expected. Something which uh, followed the Hamilton catastrophe um, was the manager's comments and his. Uh, and his pre-match for this, which was um, pretty supportive of Connor Goldson, the Rangers. James, were you um, were you expected to see Goldson keep his place uh, based on the manager's comments and the the fact that he obviously sees him as trusted lieutenant, or was it a a case that you thought maybe you would try something different? I wasn't surprised at all, Cammy, that Goldson started. Um, I think it's telling the difference in comments that. Stephen Jard has from Conor Goldson making a mistake to someone like Nicola Katic making a mistake. You didn't hear uh, the manager come out after the Hamilton game and say, I need Philip Hellander back fit, sharpish. After something like that, it's a case of, well, you know, he's he's going to learn from the mistake, he's owned up to it, et cetera, et cetera. So he is one of his most trusted players, and, and I get that. And um, the fact that Tavernier was missing, you know, you've got to have Conor Goldson there as a, as a vice captain, someone that is going to wear the armband. So it wasn't overly surprising to see him start the game at all. It was a slightly better performance, but not to the levels you would uh, certainly hope or expect from him. Um, but you know, it's it's no no huge surprise to see him start the game, and he'll probably start every game that he possibly can because he will do uh, in the main what the manager asked him to do. Uh, as as that leader, as that voice at the back. Um, I'd like to make shift midfield as well, also again due to injuries because of uh, Joe Rebo, Glenn Kamara, and Stephen Davis starting uh, with Yanis Hadji, Alfredo Morelos, and Ryan Kent up front. Um, Hoggate, I think it's fair to say that there wasn't much of a muchness from the the first half. However, listening to your uh, post match comments, one of the most controversial moments came. Uh, after Alfie with a couple of shots on target, Stephen Davis had a, a, a good strike, but it was pretty much directly the keeper. Um, ball comes across, and Liam Fontaine um, is sliding out. Uh, appears certainly on, on TV replays, etc., to to hit towards the top part of his arm. Um, and I believe that you felt this was uh, the penalty penalty that you could have seen. Well, let me ask you, Cammy, you're the qualified ref. With the current law set, is that a penalty? It is in the current law set, yeah. And and that's, a, I think, a debate in terms of how valid that, that law could be. Um, because you're a defender, you've presumably been in not dissimilar positions yourself. Oh, why? But it's a, but it's a pen. It absolutely is a pen under the current is. law. Of course it is. You know, and you've got the... I think I, I was highly critical yesterday, and I'll, I'll I'll continue to be critical, Cammy, because we we weren't great yesterday. We were, Chris, we weren't even good, but we huffed and puffed, and we 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 ground out a result. We got there in the end. I will take those three points every single day of a week. And yesterday, you know, it, it did feel a bit raw. It did feel a bit oh, fuck, not a shite again. Basically, that's how I was feeling. Um, but cold light a day, three points is three points. We were poor, we were wasteful, we were occasionally in the second half really poor at the back, and I felt that they had some of the best chances. However, for me, there, there's there's two points with the referee. Um, 
Joe Rebo takes a, an elbow flush in the face and nothing really happens. Um, it, it's, it's a bad one. You know, the guy's, the guy's absolutely leading with the elbow and Rebo needs treatment and, you know, stems some blood flow. Uh, Liam Fontaine, who had already been booked for failing the, the marauding map poster. His missus must have been loving that. His missus needs 800 relatives in the crowd. Um, and... I guess my my uh, I was a wee bit dismayed that Liam Fontaine gets booted so early doors and we don't really go at him again. However, Porter does really well to keep the ball in, uh, flashes it across the goal. Liam Fontaine's sliding, and I get it, his arm's on the ground, but it's outstretched on the ground, and it bounces off it. It's a penalty as clear as day, um, and... The, the linesman doesn't give it, who's looking straight at it. The referee doesn't give it, who's who's looking right at it. It was only last week or the week before we didn't get a decision because it was too fucking windy. Um, and, you know, I, I'm fully expecting now, not that I've watched it and I won't watch it, but I'm fully expecting Michael Stewart to come away with some biometric shite on, on sports scene. It's a penalty every single day. And with you, as a defender to trade... I think that's a wee bit involuntary because you're sliding in, right? It is an accident. But the laws are the laws. We can't just we we can't and shouldn't simply just say, well, it's a law against anyone else, but not if it's against Rangers and it happens to be raining and a bit windy. Well, you've got to remember though, Ian, as well. You know that th- these are all very good points. Um, the we already have had a penalty claim turned down because of weather conditions, which appears to be a law in the rulebook which is only applicable to, to Rangers however this could potentially be a moot point because even if we did get the penalty we likely wouldn't score it regardless James half time comes and goes and um, I think as Ian was mentioning there um, probably not much of a muchness in terms of the first half we are kind of thinking to ourselves we have uh, we've seen this movie before and probably by this stage the best chance of the game comes to Rose County when Joe Aribo is caught in possession, he's got no idea that the, the Ross County player is coming in. Uh, steals the ball off him. Um, Billy McKay then unleashes a shot straight at Alan McGregor, which I'm doing McGregor a bit of a disservice. It was a fantastic save. However, if there was anything that was going to feel like deja vu, it was seeing a chance like that. And now you're thinking, yeah, we're going to be lucky if we don't concede here. This is a bad habit that we're getting into now where... We have a first half where we don't score and we don't react at all well in the second half at the start. And we've conceded goals around about that period of time and Ross County had the opportunity. And you just think, yeah, here we go again. This is exactly what's happened in the last two games. Um, whereas on this occasion, McGregor pulls off an excellent save. Uh, really, I'm not quite sure what uh, Joe Rebo's thinking at that point. He's not. There's no talking as well. There's no communication. Uh, to him, there's not even a, a simple man on in that in that scenario. Um, but he still should be doing better in that situation, I think. But yeah, kudos to Alan McGregor because that if that goes in, um, we've said Toronto squared on here a lot of times before, trademark Ian Hogg. But I think it really would have got to that point because had that gone in, given the recent muscle memory of the, these kind of games. You just thought, nah, we're not, we're not going to win this game again, and it would have been an absolute sickener. Um, County continue with uh, this onslaught with another opportunity, which is very much laid in a plate for Ross Stewart. 
um, makes the wrong decision in terms of hitting the ball first time, which is difficult when you're basically playing on a field full of mud. Um, and his shot goes over the well over the, the bar and also, in fact, over the stand. Another great uh, save from Al McGregor keeps it at nil-nil. Um, and now Rangers decide, well, it could be an opportunity for us to maybe have a shot at goal. And a couple of them come in um, in the shape of um, crosses and corners coming in and uh, probably a, a good clearance by Vigers from uh, almost like an off-the-neck type header from Joe Rebo and George Edmondson also gets a shot. Now, one of the things that's important with this is that... Um, Ross County are horrendous at defending corners. They are the worst team for conceding goals in the division. They've conceded 18 so far from set pieces. Uh, we had 14 corners in the game yesterday and a number of significant crosses. And I'm struggling. I've not had the opportunity to watch the game back again because I just wanted to live my life. Um, but I can't remember uh, any real significant chances which came out from crosses or corners. And this has been... Uh, foundation of our game first half of the season and we have totally laid it to waste the second half It's been a problem with Rangers I think you know corner kicks and you know uh, and really really making uh, proper proper goal scoring opportunities for them as long as Christ I, I go, go all the way back to Trevor Stephen I used to think he couldn't take a corner and he you know <laughs> he was a, a top quality England midfielder Um Bottom line is, Cammy, there was some some stats in the English Premier League over the past couple of years that of corners, there's really only goal scoring chances come from about twelve to fifteen percent of them. That said, we should have had probably therefore two, maybe even three on a good day against a against a team with a really crap defence. Uh, we should have had two or three really good chances. Joe Aribo's was was obviously one of them. Um, unfortunately for Joe. Um, and I think I used the words, bless him, uh, that, that someone took mild offence to on the post-match, that um, uh, I don't really think Hedden's his game. He gets the free header in the six-yard box, makes a mess of it, comes off his shoulder, and almost loops in at the far corner. It would have been, uh, probably summed up our performance to that point yesterday. Um I think we, only, we maybe only had one other chance, but it came from the kind of secondary play from a corner, the ball came in, headed away, dropped to Hadji, takes a snapshot. Keeper did pretty well to save it. Other than that, we are we're not making much of them. What I will say though, Cammy, is to the team's credit yesterday, they did actually try and mix it up. In terms of corners anyway, we did lapse into the same old movie that we've seen late first half and into the second half of pretty passing side to side, get it out wide, try and make an angle and hit the first man. Um we did that an awful lot and we've done that an awful lot recently but with corners we were taking short corners we were taking long corners that inevitably found the wind and into touch we were taking corners in the near post so we were it felt as if we were trying to force the issue and maybe we were trying to force it too hard I don't know but um, I don't think we can level uh, you know I don't think we can level predictability to corners they maybe just fell to their own guys with the lights of a rebo in his head. But um yeah, there's 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 something back to the training ground, absolutely. James, uh, the manager, uh, with about twenty, twenty-five minutes to go, starts to make some relatively positive uh changes, um, because obviously we are still trying to go for the win. 
with uh, Florin Kimberry and Jordan Jones, the lesser seen Jordan Jones coming on for Yanis Hadji and Glenn Kamara respectively. Um, I was really encouraged by this substitution. Um, I think, well, both substitutions really, but I think it was a good opportunity to see Jordan Jones come back in and we've we've seen what Jones can do to domestic competition. We've been the victims of, of what Jordan Jones can do against domestic competition. Um, we'll maybe talk a little bit this after we discuss the full 90 but I actually felt he didn't do himself any any harm whatsoever in terms of uh, you getting into the manager's thoughts for selection It was really good to see him back because certainly in his first uh, for, in the first part of the season when he was in and he was playing a lot you could see uh, what he was capable of doing to teams both domestically and in Europe um, he's just not had the opportunity to come back in uh, to the team ever since you know he was out for that lengthy period of time. Um, I was quite surprised that Stephen Gerrard actually decided to bring him on because it's felt, certainly on the bench, that he's just got his obligatory wingers that, unless it's Shea Ojo, he's not going to bring on. Um, but Jordan Jones does come in and you see the impact immediately. You know, he's, he's had, well, 15, 20 minutes to... Uh, do something in the game and he's running at the defenders and he's he's getting back to that Jordan Jones that we know he can be. Um, I think he's not in the European squad, uh, so obviously we wouldn't be seeing him in, in terms of anything Europa League-wise, but domestically he's a great option to have, uh, whether that be starting or or off the bench. Um, I My feeling is it's probably more likely to be the latter, but even then, as someone that you could look to on the, on the hour mark to come in, fresh legs, he's going to run at the guys at speed, you know, he got to go go to the byline or cut inside, loads and loads of options there. Um, yeah, it's a really, really, really useful tool for us to have, I'd say. With um, 13 minutes to go, um, Rangers do get the goal that they're looking for. Um, quite a nice bit of play from Ryan Kent, takes the ball out on the right-hand side, as we've seen him do before. He's able to come in and cut inside, um, unleashes a shot with his left foot, which comes just off the tiptoe of, of Mr. Amy McDonald. Ian, Rangers now have the goal, which I think the little bit of fortune um, but we've been missing luck recently, so I'm glad to see we've got some of it back. Um, on the balance of play, I think that it could have went either way, if I'm being perfectly honest. However, um, that goal was much needed, and if I'm being honest with you, I think calmed the nerves a little bit. Oh, yeah. I mean, certainly in the balance of the second half and the chances in the second half, Cammy, it could have gone either way. First half, Ross County were never in it. It was about containment. Um and to be fair to them, they, they did it reasonably well with their nine one zero uh, formation. Um, second half, they had some pretty good chances. We've covered them. Um, when Canberry came on, after about 10 minutes or so, Ryan Kent seemed to... I was going to say waking up. That's not fair. He was one of the ones, like Aribo, who was always looking for the ball, like Hadji, always looking for the ball, just didn't do much with it and typically made wrong choices. And it looked as if Jones was about to come on for Ryan Kent over the course of a kind of two to three minute period. Then Kent flashed in one or two balls. Um, Canberry did uh, did really well to dig out a chance from one of the crosses. Um, Stephen Gerrard changes his mind, takes off Kamara, brings on Jones. Jones drives at them down the left hand side, and when when we recycle the ball, it gets played into Morelos. And I'd forgotten about this, so you know, and I, 
I was going to pan Morelos, I probably will anyway, but um, for, for his performance. But the ball's fizzed into Morelos, and instinctively, he's got a brilliant wee layoff for Kimberry on his left-hand side, um, facing, facing away from goal. Kimberry swings it out wide to Kent. Kent drives inside, takes a shot. The, do you know what? The shot's probably going right at the goalkeeper. It nicks off Captain Yes's toes and uh, flies into the bottom corner. And do you know what? You could see the relief in the players. You could see the relief in the, fl- in the fans, absolutely. But I think Ryan Kent was probably the embodiment of that relief because he didn't go mad. It was almost an apologetic celebration. But do you know what? I'll go back to what I said at the start, Cammy. Yesterday I was yesterday I was really angry in the post-match because I felt the performance had been so shit. But let's face it, you know, under Walter would dig them out. Under Sunis would dig them out. Under Walter first time round would dig them out. Under Advocat in the first half of his season you'd dig them out. It's a win. It's three points. We will take that every single day of the week. And what actually really heartened me after that, Cammy, was... We scored the goal and then they didn't have another chance because we managed the game out. We kept the ball. Five minutes of injury time, they didn't get the sniff because all of a sudden we gained a little bit of confidence and we realised we're a good football team. We should maybe start passing the ball to each other. We did that, we kept the ball and we saw the game out and maybe just on the balance of play, just deserved it. Um. You mentioned this before, Ian, but uh, not long after the goal, Lewis Spence comes on for Ross County. Um, and uh, whilst I don't want to continually moan about referees, um, he jumps in with a leading elbow across Joe Rebo's face, which then uh, he receives a cup mm. for. Uh, Rangers appear lucky to get the foul. Um, Andrew Dallas is um, only eight feet away, uh, so obviously doesn't have a clear and concise view of it. It should have been a booking. Um but again, like you say, it's all right to kind of fill Rangers players. Um, again, also shown uh, probably later on in the game um, in a wonderful rugby tackle by Callum Morris, who brings Camberry down as he and Jones are um, about to kind of go through on goal. Jones potentially could have played a one-two back with Camberry. He stopped in his tracks. And um, as Ian says, James, we uh, we got to the point there of it is just about managing the game. Uh, we'd already brought on Nikola Katic by this point for Alfredo Morelos, which we'll come back to. Um, but it's just game management by that stage. There isn't a real hurry for this. Yes, we've we've conceded a foul, which is pretty ridiculous in the grand scheme of things. Um, however, for us, it's just about getting the three points and then getting out of dodge. Yeah, especially the way that the game had been playing out up to that. And then, you know, getting the goal. My initial feeling after the goal was a you know it's a fist pump celebration but then you're kind of saying I actually feel like we need a second to feel that a little bit more comfortable because I still feel that there is a potential that given the form that we've been on it's not impossible to see us conceding here but actually Hoggy's right the way that we play out the rest of the game they don't really have another opportunity Alan McGregor isn't you know overly needed uh, for the rest of that, and, and that's credit to the team. But, you know, people will talk about that substitution, the fact that we bring Katic on for Morelos, and they'll criticise the fact that, we've, that we're having to do that in that situation. Yeah, and that's down, to, that's down to the first half. That's down to not 
putting the game out of sight and not being able to rack up that goal difference. We put ourselves in that position where we're having to do that to see the game out. But the thing I'm happy with is the fact that we did see the game out and we did get that win because sometimes when you're in these kind of ruts of form, it it, it will often take a, a KG 1-0 win where it takes a deflection uh, to go into the net for you to get out of that rut. It's unlikely you're going to come back to form with a uh, yeah, superb you know, display where you're scoring four or five goals or anything like that. So see out the game, get the win, get that feel-good feeling back because it's a big week coming up for us, a lot of big, big games. And the last thing we needed was to drop even more points uh, going into that. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I think, so Ian, I'm interested because I think I was, I probably went through a little bit of the kind of same process you have in terms of watching that yesterday, probably getting a bit pissed off with a kind of real lack of quality. But um, to, to give you a little bit of a kind of compare and contrast, the last time we went up to Ross County last year, earlier on this season, we absolutely turned them over 4-0. I think that County have been relatively well coached by Stuart Kettlewell and Stephen Ferguson, despite looking like the two guys from Burniston. Um, they do have an exceptionally well-groomed team. I will say that Kettlewell himself looks like he's if he's trying to audition for a Bond villain. Uh, Liam Fontaine has an upside-down head. Ricky Foster is Ricky Foster. Um, however, it's a tough ground. It's a tough, and, and I mean that in all honesty, in terms of the actual physical playing surface. But it's not an easy tie to get to. So I suppose my thought process now, having maybe simmered a little bit in terms of where we're at is a tough three points we're not in form we're not anywhere near producing consistent performances um but i think you just have to be happy we've been able to get up there and, and be able to turn it around because there's plenty of opportunities where we mentioned that ross county could have taken the lead and i do not think for a single minute had ross county been able to convert one of those chances we we're scoring two goals to get the three points no and it's it's back to confidence it's back to confidence in each other. It's back to confidence in the ball. Do you know, I, I genuinely don't think it's a, an overarching mentality thing that I've seen, you know, levelled. Otherwise, because if it's pure mentality, then after an hour, Rangers don't click into gear and go after Braga, like basically a, tra- <laughs> like a tramp with chips. Um, and we did. We don't go to Braga. If, it, if, if we have lost our mentality completely, we don't go to Braga and put in that performance that we put in out there, which was a magnificent show of basically balls and steel. Um, we've got a confidence issue domestically. I'm pretty sure we, we're, we're going to drop that confidence issue against Bayer Leverkusen. I'm pretty sure we'll drop it against Celtic. I've got, of course, the underlying fear at the back of my mind. Um, and then, of course, away in Germany. Should that game go ahead, incidentally? Um, and then we're back to league business against St Mirren. It's it's a it's absolutely a confidence thing. Players are not players are not acting instinctively when we're playing domestically, and you see that with you've you've got all the players who want the ball. They are not shy. They want the ball. Hadji, Aribo, Stephen Davis, Kent, um, Chris Stephen Morelos was shown for the ball. He, he wasn't doing. Bags else, but he was shown for the ball. Camberry, when he came on, was fine. Edmondson was happy to take it. They're just all wanting to take that extra one or two touches that when their confidence is high and their confidence is flying, 
they don't need. They play instinctively. Brian Kennett Parkhead, we's finished, for example. Um, you know, the, the 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 game away against Braga and he's finished when he's through in goal. That's what we need to get back and try and harness. And, and I hope that these three points prove to them that that last 10, 15 minutes, Rangers are, Rangers are a damn good football side. And Rangers are good, damn good players. And we proved that in the, in, in the first half of the season. Beyond a shadow of a doubt, 58 points out of 57 in the first half of the season. Uh, qualified at the Europa League stage after playing 462 qualifiers. Um, they proved they're a good side. Hopefully that last 15 minute, 15 to 18 minutes yesterday shows them that they can do it. Because like I say, I was fully expecting after we scored it would be charge of the cavalry from Ross County. And it never came because we just simply did not allow it. One other point to make, Cammy: Liam Fontaine with his upside down head. Um, we should tell the, tell the listeners of Colin McMillan's theory to boldness. This is Colin McMillan, folks who, uh, regular podder, Colin who's going bald and with a very high hairline that seems to be receding up the sides, but tells us he's got a thick head of hair and simply combs it over. Um, I think it's coming over from his beard, incidentally. You, uh, you, you lose your hair from toweling your hair too much, from drying your hair. Um, and he told us that was Liam Fontaine all over. Liam Fontaine chooses to shave his head. Uh, he's a, he's a quite a regular in Livingston, and he's he seems to be going through a uh, a kind of Michael Stipe uh, REM moment at the minute. <laughs> well, I'll definitely say that there's um, <clears throat> there's quite some significant grooming going on at Ross County, and I don't mean grooming in the Celtic sense. I mean you know an actual taking care of yourself and wanting to be able to try and look good. However, um, James, Hoggy does mention some points there in terms of being able to try and have some takeaways. I've got a few, so I'd like a kind of point and counterpoint. Um, there's work to do. And I think when we mentioned earlier on that beforehand, we started off the season well from a set-piece perspective. We were doing well from free kicks and corners. Um, we also were able to get a reaction out of the players at half-time, even as recently as January at Tynecastle, which albeit we went on to lose, but we hadn't started well and then took the lead after half-time. That appears to have ran its course. Um, we struggle to score goals early on in games. Um, there's a number of games, I think we're now at 16 out of 17 or something, um, in the last the last run of games where we haven't scored within the first half hour. Um, and I think it's just, I, I, I don't know, I suppose I'm concerned that some of these these issues that with a drop in confidence, a drop in form, we need to be able to try and, and, and look back and get some of these things back into the the stable platform that we're in, you know, prior to, prior to Christmas and New Year. I'd like to be able to disagree with you on any of those those points, Cammy, for, for the sake of intrigue and, and a debate, but I can't because I think all of those are absolutely valid points. Um, corners are not as good now. It used to be that Borna was taking all of them. That seems to have changed, so I don't know whether there's a dip in form for him in terms of the consistency of delivery that he's able to give from corners. Uh, and we're not really finding someone in that team that is able to deliver to the same extent. Um, I'm really interested in what is being said in the dressing room at halftime at the moment because you're right, that reaction is not there and that's something we're, we're continuously seeing and it is it is a worry. Um, I think we just need guys that have a bit of bite about them, a bit of goal. 
like a Jordan Jones, and I think that's why it's so positive to see him back in there because you know that he's someone that would go in to the team. He's got that swagger, he's got that arrogance that is possibly missing from this team right now. You've, you hear comments about guys saying, "Oh, you know, we're we're a bit, you know, it's a bit tougher when we're when we're the team that aren't the underdog, etc." Uh, Jordan Jones wants to go out there and he wants to just get by his man every single time uh, when he's when he's on form. So the fact that we maybe saw that from there is quite encouraging. And there's maybe a hope that we could see more of that domestically in, in the coming weeks. Um, I think all the other points that you've suggested are absolutely right in terms of things that are not going our way. But at the same time, I have a real confidence that the games we're going into next, we will see that again because they're bigger occasions. And I think this team, they like to step up to the bigger occasions. It's, it's these kind of games against Hearts, against Hamilton, against Ross County, where it's maybe harder to actually lift yourselves for, that seems to be where the issue lies. Well, yeah, very true. And we'll, we'll come on to Leverkusen in Thursday's game in just a moment. But it's not possible for, for us to be able to try and continue unless we have you know, a really serious conversation about Alfredo Morelos. Um, watching the game yesterday, I was getting more and more frustrated at, at where I feel Morelos is struggling at the moment. Um, I deliberately didn't mention it because I wanted to bring it into this conversation. He went off for Nikola Katic in 89 minutes and went off and quite visibly was not welcomed by any of the coaching staff. There was none of that, you know, the handshakes, the, you know, the slaps and all that, the kind of high fives and what have you. He literally went in and just kind of just kept himself to himself. Um, Ian, I don't want to criticise him because we are not where we are without Alfredo Morelos in the first half of the season. We are not playing by Leverkusen without Alfredo Morelos. But I am getting very, very, very frustrated at the fact that I think that he looks he looks overweight. He looks unfit. I think at times he looks disinterested. And the, this feels a bit to me of um, the Alfie that we had post the China transfer breaking down, which we have given him a contract you know, enhancement, a contract extension. We were aware that we wouldn't have him here forever. But yesterday, he he could have played another three or four games back-to-back yesterday and still not scored. And maybe I would encourage that in order to get the weight off of him. It just feels to me that right now, he, he's physically checked out. I don't know if he's mentally checked out. I don't know if I trust him to start against Bayer Leverkusen and then all of a sudden just come to life like a wee dynamo. I just, I don't know. And I'm just feeling that the fans aren't singing his name. When we are talking about Rangers' performances recently, it feels like we're having the same conversation about his approach and his attitude and, and his overall contribution being virtually minimal. Um, is there a way that we can get him out of this? See, to be honest, Cammy, there's only one player that there's only one person that can get Alfredo Morelos out of it, and that's himself. I don't know what's changed. Um, I, I I must admit, I've I've heard that a lot, and I've maybe even thought it myself. The whole he looks overweight. I don't actually think he looks that much different to October, November when he was banging in goals. I think it's just the whole interest and movement thing. You know, at times, he looks as if he's channeling his inner Marco Negri circa January 1998. Um, Other times, like I say, when we scored the goal, the ball comes to him and it's just instinctively, brilliantly laid off to Kimberi, 
gets out to Kent and we end up scoring from it. That stuff, however, since the turn of the year is just so far, a few and far between, that we, it shows you what a reliance we had on him to score goals, to make goals, to hold the play up in the first half of the season, because that's been our issue. Pretty sure I read a stat today that outlined in 2020, we've scored round about the same amount of goals as Hearts and Hamilton. There's, there's the problem all over. Um, and Morelos yesterday, I think others looked as if they were trying too hard. He looked as if he, he looked as if at times he wasn't trying. And I'm, I don't want to go over the score, Cammy, because I, I get we've got enough detractors out there that are quite happy to do that for us. And they have been when he was playing superbly well. Um, Alfredo Morelos has had an awful lot going on in his life. I get that as well. He, if he's picked in Thursday, he needs to turn up. Absolutely needs to turn up. He needs to get back to the Alfredo Morelos of September, October, November, when he was absolutely turning in brilliant performances for us. There's only one guy that can do that. We can coach him. We can help him. We can talk to him. We can try and get him mentally straight. But the only guy that can do it is himself, I'm afraid. If he wants it, he can He can do it in Thursday. Um as I say, is, is, is down to him. Has he mentally checked out? Has he uh, has he nailed a move elsewhere? Whatever, I, I genuinely don't know. I, I'll tell you this, Cammy. I want him to play. You and I are standing together on Thursday. I want him to play and I want him to, I, I want him to stick in a hat-trick and I want him to be absolutely loving the guy again. James, I, <laughs> I know this is going to sound crazy and, you know, put underpants in my head and stick two pencils up my nose and let me say wibble, but I think he scores against Celtic at the weekend. Do you know that? I, I honestly think I wouldn't I wouldn't be surprised if, if he starts and scores against them at some point. Now I'm not saying that we win the game, right? So before anyone says oh he's gonna score you know he's gonna score the, 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 the winner or whatever. But it just feels like how we've gone through this topsy turvy roller coaster that he struggled against Hamilton, he struggled against Ross County, he struggled against Hearts, well, not Hearts, but he struggled against all these other teams and yet he breaks his duck against going against Celtic. I, I, I wouldn't be stunned if that happened. Well, the reversal has happened a few times before where he scored quite a few goals in the build-up to an Old Firm game and then the Old Firm game arrives and he's not able to find the net, so I can see why that thought comes to mind. Listen, in all likelihood, this is the last chance he's got to score an all-firm goal at Ibrox. Um, so, you know, it's really now is the time to do it because I think the chances of him being here beyond the summer uh, are not not high because I think he will be due that that big move that he deserves for what he's done for us over, over the time that, that he's been here. We all desperately want that to happen. Um Nothing more than for him for him to score the winning goal in an old firm game at Ibrox. It would be the best thing ever. Um, but I think in order for that to happen, he has to put in a much better performance against Leverkusen. Not necessarily score, but there is a lot more to Alfredo Morel's game than just scoring goals. He's very good in terms of the link-up play. And if he can get back to showing a bit more of that spark uh, on Thursday night, then I think the chances of that happening on the Sunday, um, they certainly improve. 
Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. And, and I think, like you say, I mean, I, I think probably it's also keen to point out, although we're frustrated about him, there is an absolute overwhelming love for Alfredo. We want him to be able to try and get back to and a ha- Listen, a goal-scoring Alfredo is a happy Alfredo, and a happy Alfredo is a goal-scoring Alfredo. So let's hope that Leverkusen almost give him a bit of a platform to be able to try and get back into that and, and alleviate some of the pressure off of himself. Speaking of Leverkusen, um, obviously, um, as as we've kind of touched on, we face them on Thursday in the last 16 of the, the Europa League. Um Ian Leverkusen, um, 4-0 winners at home against Frankfurt at the weekend. Um, certainly not in any kind of crisis of confidence. Um, there's some interest that's going on around the game where we look fairly, I mean, it looks fairly straightforward for uh, the game at Ibrox to go ahead on Thursday coming. However, there's growing speculation in Germany, um, in particular from the, the German health minister, a man called Jans Spin, uh, Span, sorry, beg your pardon, who um, is stating that sporting events with more than a thousand or so participants or spectators, whatever you want to call it, um, should be cancelled or postponed. Now, um, that's a big problem um, because obviously we will have a massive travelling support going across to Germany. Um, we could see fans if the game is amended or something happens that the you know it could massively impact them. Um, Germany at the moment has 850 confirmed cases of coronavirus. Uh, seems to be taking a little bit of lessons from the fact that the Italian cases um, are massively uh, higher than that because they didn't take precautionary measures and this is what they're looking to be able to try and do. Putting that to one side just for a second, um, I think we've got a very, very tough test against Leverkusen and I think your defence has got to be as, as watertight as our Alex Salmon escort to, to court. So it's all about making sure that we do perform, that we turn up, that we don't look like we're going to potentially shit the bed and, and get overwhelmed by the occasion. Um, you mentioned beforehand this team can play football, and that is what they are going to have to do on Thursday night. Oh, absolutely. Bayer Leverkusen are fourth in the Bundesliga. They're eight points behind leaders Bayern Munich, but they're on a great run. Four wins in their last five. Um, and they're a quality side. I think they've, over the past year, they've spent €100 million Euros, uh, in transfer fees. So they, they are a tidy, tidy side. Um, but they're going to come out and they're going to come at us, probably in the same way as Braga did at Ibrox. Have a lot of the ball and try and get an early away goal or two. So we need to, as you say, not shut the bed. We need to defend resolutely. We need to be brave in the ball. We need to play our game, our passing game, look for the counter-attack, look for the gaps, play it into the channels, get Hadji on the ball, get Morelos and or Canberry running and get Kent running at them. That's what we're going to have to do. I think a lot of the game and a lot of the way that we're going to set up probably hinges on two of the three key injury doubts. We've got Tav, Ryan Jack and Jermaine Defoe. All those real doubts. I think Defoe is maybe already out. I, I can't remember. Um, but Tav and Ryan Jack would start if they're fit. Um, so pray to the pray to the gods of healing, Cami, that uh, between now and Thursday they're going to be all right. I mean, it, it, in terms of then, you touched on the coronavirus. And at the risk of going all anti-Rangers daft for a wee second, you know, the, the, the coronavirus is, is clearly 
you know, the World Health Organization isn't making this shit up. And I, I see lots of stuff like, yeah, but millions of folk get the flu. Yeah. Loads of people, more people die from the flu than coronavirus. 0.08% of people that get the flu in the world die. Um, 3.8% of people that get the coronavirus die. And it's on a massive upward tra uh, trajectory. Last night to today in Spain, the 8th to the 9th of March, the number of cases doubled, the number of deaths more than doubled. So that kind of tells you the upward trajectory that's out there. And that's confirmed cases. That's without getting into who's carrying it, who's whatever. Um, the UK government and the Scottish government are actively planning on 50% of people getting the coronavirus. That's not a scare tactic. That's a, that's a nailed-on fact. 50% of people, and the, the worst case of planning for is 80%. Um, and therefore, I'm fully expecting we get to a stage whereby games in the UK are played beside, behind closed doors or cancelled. And we're seeing that in Italy just now. We're, we started to see that in France just today. Wednesday night's game, Paris Saint-Germain against Borussia Dortmund will be played play behind closed doors, 48 hours notice. I absolutely accept it is holy pish for the fans that are booked up to go. And incidentally, they should be compensated. How? I've no idea, Cammy, right? Be it some kind of wider insurance scale, whatever. UEFA isn't a fucking, you know, they, 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 they're, they're, not, they're not poppers, put it that way. And it's the fans of the lifeblood of the game. So folk who have booked up can prove it and all the rest of it. If it's taken away from them, they should be compensated for their, their travel arrangements. That's not just Rangers. That's every single club in the last 16 of the Europa League and or the Champions League. But, you know, I, I, I see plenty of stuff of around, you know, what about the flu? What about this? What about that? fact of the matter is, if the UK is actively planning, Cammy, on 50% of people getting it and putting plans in place because of that, it shows you they are shitting themselves. James, I don't, I mean, I don't necessarily condone the idea of potentially taking a one or a two nil win at Ibrox and then um, if we can't play the second leg, just being very simply awarded the Europa League. However, um, I think at this point, um, the, the, the catch-22 for, for most supporters who would be looking to be able to go to Germany if they haven't booked already is getting a win at Ibrox or getting quite a close result at Ibrox and then it could be like Braga Mark 2 where we, even with a two-goal deficit, go over there and then turn it around. We've, all, we've, we've done it in the, in the, last, in the last fixture. Um, it's a tough choice because, as Ian says, obviously there is a, you know, a massive precaution uh, getting taken place across you know, various different countries involved in this and, and I think the, the the real horrible Hobson's choice of, of the fans may face is we get a result um, including a draw at Ibrox on Thursday and then you know you would want to be able to try and travel but it, it has to be kind of head over heart in this this occasion I think I think we've got to probably accept the fact that it might not be the best thing for, for people to go but I don't believe for a minute that will stop the majority of supporters. Um, if they can get access to the stadium and they know that they're going to be able to get in, I think that they'll still go. This is an unprecedented situation that um, is never, yeah, I've certainly never known anything like this before in terms of, you know, so many sporting events being postponed. I 
seriously think that the Euros in the summer could be in serious jeopardy. Um, but health comes first in this scenario. And I think if anyone listening has already booked up to go to Germany, my own personal advice is just find a way to either get compensated or make alternative arrangements because I think that it's highly, highly likely that the game in Leverkusen will be behind closed doors. I, I don't think that's going to be the case for the home leg because I think there would have been more talk about that by now and I've not really seen anything on that. So I think the home game will be okay in that respect. Uh, so really it's up to us at that point to make the atmosphere absolutely massive uh, and really back the team on what is going to be an amazing occasion. How the game will play out, I've no idea. Um, if we do find ourselves still in the tie going into the second leg, then yeah, it's going to be very, very tempting for a lot of people. But my my genuine, genuine feeling is uh, best best thing is to just avoid going. It's on the telly. Get it watched there. Uh, it will be weird to watch it when it's behind closed doors. But I I think for the sake of your health, that is by far and away the best option. Really, it should be the, the option. But even though, even saying that, I'm still sure that there will be people that will head over to Germany because it's what we as a fan base are about. Fans will travel no matter what. Nothing's going to stop them. No, listen, I couldn't agree more. I think that you can take all of the precautionary measures you want, but if you're committed and going, I still think people will go. What we'd also say as well, just a piece of advice, is obviously monitor the situation very, very closely. You don't, um, you know, want to be able to try and go over there and then find it unexpectedly. It's behind closed doors. I think what you'll start seeing now is events being cancelled or put behind closed doors with as much notice as you possibly can. So if you are planning and go over, if you're already booked to go over, please just make sure you keep right across the situation as well because these trips, James and I have already done, one so far this season as well, they're not cheap. They, they they do take time out of your your schedule in terms of taking holidays off work and what have you. Um, so please make sure that you keep across it because it does look like, as the boys have said, that it's a very very real possibility. Um, okay, folks. Well, listen, that's us for your flagship for um for this week. Um, because we have the game on Thursday, there'll be no heart and hand extra. However, before we go, um, boys, I'm um I'm feeling a bit chilly. I don't know. Are you are you boys cold at the moment? Is there anything that we could do to help heat you up a little bit? Do you think? Personally, freezing, Cami, and um, any type of slobber knocking, uh, not in an Alex Salmon way, would be most welcome. Well, luckily, Ian, we've got a magnificent offer for our uh, loyal heart and hand listeners. Um, Regular listeners will know um, we are big fans of shipping off some some tat. However, on the odd occasion, we do make an exception to go in for absolute quality. And we have teamed up with uh, The Famous, who most people will know from Twitter, from uh, social media, but more importantly, from the magnificent um, items of clothing that they uh, they produce, such as hearts, scarves. They're now doing snoods. Snoods are making a comeback, so they're jumping onto that train. And we've already had a couple of exclusive heart and hand scarves already being made. There is a third coming called the Governite. Um, James, this is a red and black motif similar to, obviously, the socks, the swifts, a lot of colours associated with the club's history. Um, and we've got an unbelievable offer for the uh, listeners to be able to jump in on. James, you've got the scarves already uh, that we've already produced. Tell the listeners about the level of quality that we're talking about here. These are next level. Um, 
you know, you, you can get your scarf like on a match day, you know, you get these guys outside that, that offer the scarves and they're, they're absolutely fine. But what this gives you is just that next level of absolute quality and the designs are absolutely brilliant. The colours as well. I mean, we had the we had the Iron Brew one last time as well, and that's an absolute cracker as well. Um, the Famous produces some absolutely magnificent uh, material um, to get these scarves and all, all the other products as well. And it's really, really fantastic that we have this partnership with, with them to get to get these scarves sorted. Uh, add it to your collection if you've already got other heart and hand scarves. Um, the Governite is one that is absolutely fantastic and uh, really, really, really proud of what, what we've got there. Um, also, just to make you aware as well that we'll be uh, making these scarves to order. What that means is that we are not asking uh, the guys at the Famous to be able to make a batch and then we'll sell them and hopefully there'll be some left. If we uh, get 120 orders, we will make 120 scarves and once they're done, they're done. They won't go from there. However, the cutoff is happening very, very soon. So please go on to uh, our shop on our website at heartandhand.co.uk if you click on shop you'll be able to see it in there in terms of scarves have a wee look at it check out and if you fancy it and go for it um, because at time of recording um, I'm looking out the window and uh, it's absolutely pouring it down so don't be fooled by the fact that summer is potentially around the corner there is uh, definitely some um, um, some more colder nights ahead of us um, the last thing for me to do is to thank the executive producers in London, Mr. Mike Lee, Mr. Paul Myers, uh, but more importantly, my guests for uh, this week, uh, the ever-wonderful Mr. James Forrest. Thank you, Tommy. And also the very, very special Mr. Ian Hogg. I hope our team turns up on Thursday night, Cammy, and I hope to be cuddling you as ever. Excellent. Thank you for that. That's just that's the that's the bonus. That's what everybody wants is to have it. see uh, Hoggy and Cammy have a wee cuddle. Uh, yes, absolutely. Ian's totally right. Let's uh, hopefully get a result against Leverkusen on Thursday. Go along and cheer the team on, etc. And we hope you have a great rest of your week, Bears. Enjoy yourselves and hopefully see you on Thursday night. Podcast Network.